Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for bringing friends, for bringing family with you. That means so very, very much. And then also we want to tell you how excited we are to just see your growth, to see how God is using you, see how God is blessing your life. And the fact that we get to do life together is such an exciting thrill for us. And since we love doing life with you, I'm going to ask you to very quickly meet me in the scriptures, Luke chapter 2 on the side screen. The Bible says, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said unto them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everybody say that part. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. We are in the very last day of what is known in the Christian calendar as the Advent season. The word Advent comes and derives from a Latin word known as Adventus, which simply means coming. So from the first day of December to the 24th day of December, we celebrate the coming of the Lord. We as Christians pause in anticipation and celebration of the coming or the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this very busy seasons, we Christians pause for the cause to acknowledge, I'm glad he came. I'm glad he came because him coming down made my life go up. I don't know where I would be. I don't know how I would be. I don't know what I would be had Jesus not come down. He has changed everything about my life, everything about my world, and everything about my family. He is the ultimate gift that did not come wrapped up underneath a tree. He is the ultimate gift that came to us who hung on a tree. He is the greatest gift that we have ever received. He is the greatest life that we could ever live in him. And I am so thankful for that ultimate gift that God has given us. Now, I'm glad he came for a lot of reasons. Salvation, a home forever in heaven, the greatest life we could possibly live here. But what I wanna focus in on this evening is I'm glad he came because when Jesus came into this world, what comes with a relationship with Jesus is what the Bible calls great joy. What I'm trying to say is that joy, look at this, is the birthright of every believer. Just like you can't get into water without getting wet, you can't get into Jesus without having joy. God created joy. Jesus was a man of joy. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of joy. And the Bible is a book of joy. 66 books in the Bible, 218 times. God talks to us about having joy in this life. Because God is serious about joy, and he is committed to getting joy into the life of his people. Psalms 30 and verse 5 on the side screen says this, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And one of my assignments this afternoon is to simply tell many of the people that are in this room that your morning time is coming. 
Morning time is a, it represents a time when the season of darkness in your life and in your past is finally over. And if you can just hang on just a little while longer, joy is coming in the morning. How many of you have gone through a season of darkness in 2019? Would you raise your hand? It's coming to an end. It's over. The dark season of your life is forever going to be gone because joy is coming. That's his promise. That's his commitment to you. Psalms verse 30 in verse, uh, chapter 30, verse 11 through 12. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. I went from moping around to moving. He also says, you have taken away my clothes of mourning, and you have clothed me, the Bible says, with joy. You've taken away that jacket of sadness, that coat of hurting, that, that season of depression in my life. And the Bible says, you've clothed me with joy. And in case nobody has told you recently, joy looks pretty good on you. Now, I know you came out tonight and you look real nice but nothing looks as good on you as great joy. You can fix up your hair. You can wear nice clothes. You can get your makeup looking just right. You can even buy yourself some of those eyelashes that sweep the floor. <laughs> but nothing looks as good on you as what God's joy looks into you. The Bible says in Psalms 94 verse 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. It was consoling to me. It was comforting to me. It gave me relief in the middle of affliction. The Bible tells us, and if you read it a little bit, you'll see that it is an undeniable emphasis in God's word that you and I are supposed to be filled with joy. Now, that is not what I see in our community. It is not what I see when I go through an airport. It is not what I see when I drive over to the mall. It is not what I witnessed in Target last week. What I'm witnessing is anger and frustration. But God says his children are to experience great joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will, come on, overflow. This teaches us that spirituality is supposed to impact us emotionally. We, the emotional aspects of our life should be affected by the fact that God has sent his son that we might have joy. Watch this. The God of the Bible, who does care about how we do life morally, greatly cares about how we are doing life emotionally. Now, how many parents do we have in the room? Would you raise your hand? Okay, okay. So, so let me ask you a question. Do you care about the emotional condition of your child or just the physical? Now, do you care, not just where he sleeps or she sleeps, not, not what they're eating, but do you care about not just how, they, but how they're doing? I know you do because you can tell when your kids are going through a hard time, can't you? I mean, you can't physically see it on them, but you can emotionally see it, right? So they come home from school, and that you can see that something's not right. You're, you're asking them questions. They're giving you quick answers. You say, you say, what's wrong with you? They say nothing. And in a heartbeat, you go all law and order and CSI on them. You say, don't tell me nothing. You open up your mouth and you talk to me right now. What's going on with you? Who said something to you? Who did something to you? You tell me. 
And as soon as they start telling you, you start saying, oh, okay, what's your name? What's your last name? What's your mama's name? How many cousins do they have? Because we're going back to the school. No, 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 we're not going tomorrow. We're going right now. Because if somebody hurts your child, you're all over it. Now, if we are that way as imperfect parents, how much more do you think God is as a perfect parent? The Bible says that God said, touch not my anointing. What was he saying? He's saying, don't you put your hands on my child. God doesn't want anyone to be messing around with your joy. Why? Because joy is power. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why the enemy's coming against your joy. He wants your strength. It's not about your joy. Your joy is secondary. But the Bible knows, or the enemy knows that what the Bible said is the fact that if you have joy, the enemy wants to take it because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, why is that, why is that so important that the enemy would want to take your joy away from you? Because joy promotes God. It promotes God. Isaiah told us, it said that we were created in his glory. The Bible says that God gets glory out uh, of not just who we are, but he gets glory out of how we are. Joy in a person's life is evangelistic. It is attractive to the world. A joy-filled person can change the atmosphere in home, can change the atmosphere at the workplace, can change the atmosphere in a community because so many people are the opposite of joy. When a joy-filled person walks into the room, everybody takes notice of that individual. Now, now I'm not playing matchmaker tonight, although I could, because I'm just that good at it. But I need to know how many of you are single adults? Would you just raise your hand, slip them up real high, be proud, be proud of being a single. All right, good. Have you ever liked somebody, but you could feel them slipping you into the friend zone? Do you know what I'm talking about? You're talking to them, you move in for a hug and they kinda, and then they give you the double tap. Y'all know what the double tap is? The double tap is when they, 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 they say, oh, you're sweet. Friend zone. You just got slid into it. <laughs> now, now, if they rub your arm, they rub your shoulder, uh, you, you're still good. But they double tap your shoulder, friend. Can I tell you how to get out of the friend zone with that individual? Be, <laughs> take some notes, here it comes, write it down. Be the most joy-filled person they have in their life. And before you know it, they're calling you for coffee. And before you know it, they're talking to you. And before you know it, they're making eye contact with you and they're looking over everybody else's head to find out where you're at because they've got enough people in their life that are miserable, that are unhappy. But when you have a joy-filled person in your life, you can't wait to get around them again. Move out of that friend zone right back into an interest zone by just being the most joy-filled person going. Well, my life hadn't given me too much reason to be joyful. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the very fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth, made way for you and I to have a home forever in heaven, saved your soul. You don't get to stay here. You're gonna leave one of these days. So when you know where you're gonna end up, it doesn't matter what happens between now and then. Listen, God has never failed you. 
Well, I don't know if God, tell me one time when he's failed you. You've always made it through. Well, it was bad. Are you here? Are you still here? You're not gone, are you? And if you're gone, you're gonna be in heaven walking around up in there anyway. Be the most joy-filled person around because joy promotes God. It is one of the most attractive conditions and attitudes of one of God's children and God is invested in you receiving and understanding. Great joy in this life. Take a look at the last thing. Joy produces a new perspective. It produces a new perspective. Joy will, will allow you to be able to look at a situation or a circumstance that everybody else is looking at, and you're looking at it differently now than what they're looking at. Joy does that. Joy lets you look at obstacles as opportunities. A joy-filled person has a different perspective about a job they don't like or that somebody else doesn't like. I get the opportunity to be able to walk into this place to be able to change the atmosphere, to be able to represent my heavenly father, to get a paycheck and also some benefits when other people don't have it. I get the opportunity to be able to go home to a family, to have a warm house that I can go into, a bed that I can sleep in. I've got, I got an automobile that I can drive that won't break down on me. When you are a person that feel, is filled with joy, your perspective on life is different and people see that your perspective on life is different. It promotes God, it brings protection. It is also one of the most powerful weapons that you can have against the enemy, but your perspective changes. It forever changes. Can I tell you what you could do this Christmas season on into the next year that would absolutely blow the mind of your family? Be the most joy-filled, optimistic person that you could possibly be. They will wonder what alien entered into your body and took over. But nothing will change the atmosphere in that marriage like a joy-filled, optimistic husband. Nothing. You, can, can I tell you what I've heard a lot of women tell me over the years? They, they've told me that one of the most attractive things about their husband is how he can bring laughter and joy in some of the most horrible situations. Isn't that right? You know what it tells that woman? It tells that woman, this is a confident man I'm hanging on to right now. He's not shook by nothing. And joy brings about a perspective into your life. This is why it's so important. Your heavenly father wants you to be filled with joy. You get Jesus, you get joy. If you got Jesus and you don't have joy, you better check up what's going on in your world. Because with Jesus comes great joy, great joy. <clears throat> I think our church is, is known for being a lot of things in our community and further. One of those things that I think our church is known for is this is a safe place for you to uh, really investigate what it would be like to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You're going to come here, and we're going to lay things out for you. We're going to be creative in the presenting of God's Word. We're going to be patient with whatever background you have, wherever you came from. I think this is a place where you know that we're not going to do church boring. I can't do that. The people of our church can't do that. I grew up in a Baptist church. We opened up a hymn book, and we sang hymn number 90 until my mind was going to just explode. And I heard people talk about the love of God in my church, but I never saw them really express it. 
I, talk, I heard them talk about how much they love God, but, but there, there wasn't really any emotions that went to it. And, and, I'm, and I'm reading his word, and I'm finding that God is not the God just of our spirituality. He's the God of our emotional condition as well. That he wants to touch and affect every part of our life. And I believe when you come to our church, you hear about, hear about our church, they're going to say, those people around there are serious about their love for God. Those people around there are generous. You're going, to, you're going to hear all these kind of things. But let me tell you, something that I would love to hear going around the community more and more these days is that those people at Fellowship Church are some of the happiest people, joy-filled people that I have ever met in the western slope of Colorado. Because with that joy comes power. And with that joy comes strength. With that joy comes protection. And with that joy comes a new perspective going into a brand new year that will change everything in your life. Would you bow with me, please, because here's my second assignment. My second assignment is to make sure that every person in this room who is not saved has the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into their heart and to be their Lord and Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask you if you would to pray this prayer with me right out loud. Now here's the kicker, I don't want you to act like anybody else is in this room. When you pray, I want you just to do so to your heavenly Father. So follow my lead, but just pray to your heavenly Father and forget everybody else that is around you. And if you have never done this before and you're doing it for the first time, do it with all of your heart to your Lord and to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Here we go, dear heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he came and was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He rose again the third day. He came to be my savior. And Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I'm asking you to save me for you're my only way into heaven. Be my Lord, walk with me through this life. Help me to do what you want me to do. And thank you for saving me. I also wanna pray, Father, that you would give us the kind of joy that changes the atmosphere at work, the kind of joy that changes the atmosphere at home, the kind of joy that the, the the boyfriend, a girlfriend, or the husband and wife would want to go out on a date with. The kind of joy that changes the workplace. Give us the kind of joy that produces strength. Give us the kind of joy that promotes you as our God. And give us the kind of joy that produces a new perspective as we look into 2020. God, we are a room full of people that love you. Some saved for a long time, some saved tonight. But we just wanna pause for the cause of thanking you for coming. We wanna pause for the cause of acknowledging that we would not know where we would be if you hadn't come, who we would be, what we would be. You've allowed us to sit around family members tonight, Father, and given us the assurance that we're gonna all be in heaven one of these days. Nobody in our family circle is gonna be left out. As we go to our homes, Father, go out to eat at a restaurant, I pray the celebration would be about you. 
I pray you'd find us as grateful kids that love you with all of our hearts. And God, as we go into this new year, we are not going into it as cynics, because I've never seen a joyful cynic. We're not going into it with a pessimistic attitude. I've never seen anybody happy who is pessimistic. But Father, you said that your good news brings us great joy. May we be a people who are constantly filled with great joy. And I ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. We love you. Be safe out there. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.